Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to U105 of the Best, our weekly roundup of the top chat, news and interviews from the week gone by on Northern Ireland's Best Mix U105. Do you find yourself helping or hindering your other half when trying to get out the door? Frank kicked off the week by calling out the well-meaning partners in our listeners' relationships with blogger Helen McClements. So, are you in a position where you've got a helpful partner who assists you with your requirements for exiting the house? Or is your partner so busy that he or she needs to get out as well? Apparently, it is the absolute uh, sign of love if indeed you get up out of bed and prepare the way for your partner for a smooth exit. I want to speak to Helen McClemens from the Sarwe blog about this. Good morning, Helen. Good morning, Frank. There is a guy who's taking it a bit to the extreme. Mm-hmm. There are a few. T- tell me about the extremists and tell me about those who are just showing love by making an extra effort. Well, himself and I were uh, sitting having our coffee the other morning and he laughed whenever he opened. He follows this uh, Reddit site and there was a gentleman who was complaining and he was saying, you know, am I being unreasonable? But his wife is a teacher like me and he doesn't have to get up very early, but she does. She has to get up at half six and she has to get out of the house by seven. And so she asks him, will will he get up with her, make the coffee and also iron, help her iron her clothes? (laughs) <laughs> because she finds mornings very difficult. So this chap used to get up, you know, and get the coffee on or whatever, you know, occasionally. And then she got used to it. So, but Joe, she's expecting him to do this every single morning. And there are no children involved or anything. So there was this onslaught then of people who were commenting saying your wife is not a child this is like babysitting a toddler what is wrong with this woman why does she uh, not a iron her clothes before or b buy clothes that don't need ironed and why on earth is she annoying another adult to get her out of the house and stevie was sitting having a wee snigger because i I'm just notoriously bad in the morning if I have to get up and go to work. You know, I'm a wee bit, oh, poor little old me, I have to get out of the house, uh, because he can very often work from home. So he does tend to kind of help a lot. He gets up, maybe feeds the animals, he gets the coffee on, um, makes sure that, you know, maybe straightens the hair, um, because I'm quite incompetent. And then as I'm going out the door... You say incompetent? Yeah, I can be, particularly with hair and Just things. It, it's not how it came across the radio, but it is incompetent that you're saying. Go ahead, fire away. <laughs> it's incompetent. Yes, incompetent. Um, and then as I'm going out the door, he's going, Helen, phone, 
keys, glasses. Have you got your glasses? <laughs> Have you got your water? Have you got your coffee? Right, off you go. And he does stand and watch me drive away just to make sure I have all the bits and I haven't, you know, left the coffee on the top of the car and driven off. And then he does laps of celebration around the house. I can just imagine, she's gone. Yes, she's definitely away until three o'clock. <laughs> I think you're actually dead right there. You know, he, he sends me messages sometimes saying, that was the hardest bit of my day so far. And last night at the mothership and my dad, they were up for their tea, and I happened to mention this, and she said, I am appalled. I did not rear her like this, Stevie. I can't believe this. She was disgusted at my ineptitude. And... Yeah, but I kind of disgusted myself then. I thought, it's called love. Not? It's called love. He's displaying yeah. love to you. Do you know, uh, when I was working early morning, or well, I still work early morning, but an all day and late into the evening, you know, my wife was also working early morning and well, well into the late afternoon as, as a teacher. And we would both leave the house, you know, to be bedlam getting out. We were both mm-hmm. get, trying to make the, the deadlines and, and all of that. So I don't know if we were helping each other or getting any each other's way but we always managed to get out on time as for and there wasn't an issue around children because our daughter you know was you know she was paddle her own canoe she went to a school 300 yards away it was, ne- it was never a difficulty having said all that we were in a position whereby you know it was go 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 and then my wife now no longer works and I mm-hmm. don't like when she gets up the occasional morning she gets up when I'm trying to get out <clears throat> she'll, she'll hold me back conversationally, you know, sitting, having a cup of tea, bit of toast, chatting away. I, I much prefer if she stays in bed because I can get on with getting out. I've got like a, you know, a, a plan for getting from the bed to the bathroom, to the breakfast bar, to the doghouse, to the bicycle, uh, to the front gate and, <clears throat> and away. And if I don't meet the requirement of particular places at a B C D E F G H times. I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to be late. I'm, I'm going to be late getting into the traffic, and I don't like that. I like to I like to be punctual. This is something I actually learned from a friend of mine at at work, where I was really uh, lacking punctuality. She highlighted it to me once, and I decided mm-hmm. I'm going to become punctual, and I'm now fanatical about being punctual. So I, I like I like to get away. I don't like to be held up, and no matter how pleasant your partner is getting up to assist you, but actually getting up just to have a yarn. Okay, well it can be nice to have a moment together, but as mum said last night, actually, you know, really not everyone has time for a conversation or wants a conversation, and it sounds like you have a system so you will enjoy time with your wife later, and not just whenever you're trying to get out of the house. But what I was keen to say, in case I was coming across as being utterly useless, is that Stevie and I peak at different times, so at night... I think about the dinner, I do the dinner, I make the dinner, I complete, you know, the children complain and I have to just cope with, with all that. I think, oh, it'd be great if he'd help me do the washing up here or whatever or stacking the dishwasher. But then he has done a lot of the work during the day, so at night that's his time. And so I think we pick at different times and it's nice to appreciate maybe what your partner does, but every so often shake it up a bit. You know, so for example, do you remember I came on at the start of the month and I was talking about my September and I'd started getting up early and going for a run and, you know, turning over a new leaf. And I have actually been very productive. And this morning I did do the half six run and came back and did a bit of yoga, had the coffee on, made him his porridge, 
took the dog out, and, oh, gosh, he was delighted. He thought, like, this is a new woman. So it's a bit like you and the punctuality. If you make an effort, you can change. It is possible. But at the minute, I am not teaching, so I have that bit of extra energy. So it's will I be able to hold on to that, Frank, or to go out the door and teach a lot of children? What about if you were to give them a nudge at quarter past six and say you're coming for a run? Would you get positive feedback on that? I, I, I don't think so. I, I don't want to say in the air what he might reply with. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and I think he'd be quite right. And he'd probably, I don't know if I could go for a run if I knew I was going into work. I honestly don't know. I'd love to be one of those people. And I mentioned my friend from New Zealand's home at the minute. And they're all at it out there. Like she says, loads of people get up and they do their exercise before they go to work. And I was remembering as a child, you know, watching Home and Away and Neighbours. And they were all really busy. And then you'd realise this is before school. They actually have a life before school. <laughs> and... Um, I'm sure it's all very joyful, but it's not the same whenever it's grey and dark and you're like, oh, I just want to snuggle under. Clemens from the Sarwe blog with a very supportive partner. How supportive is yours? Uh, do let me know. 02890 And would you go the extra mile? Would you get out of bed to help your partner get out in the morning? Or like me, do you just prefer to do it yourself? Because then there's nobody getting in your road. Johnny and Linda join forces on Thursday to laugh their way through the lighter side of life. From spiders in the bath to hair combs on the delivery ward, the crack was 90 on Drive this week. Okay, Johnny Hero here on U105 Drive. Our Linda's in. Hello. Hey, how are you? Dead on. Oh, yo! Listen, before you start, and let me speak, because you know the way you, you like to interrupt me a lot. How very dare you, madam. So, so this is something that we touched on a couple of weeks ago, but I have to tell you, so listen to the story. So I, I was, came down the stairs the other morning, I looked in the sink to get a drink of water. I'm just getting a drink of water anyway, and I saw the biggest spider, big black one. Right. right? The biggest right. legs you ever seen. And um so what do you do? You turn the water on, the spider curls up in a ball and it goes down the sinkhole. Yes. So I'm watching the wee ball. It's supposedly going down the sinkhole and I go, What it didn't make it to the sinkhole. Where did it go? And I felt this crawling on my arm. It jumped, it jumped, it jumped from the wee ball in the sink onto my arm. So not only are they not apply, applying the rules that they did years ago and walk quickly and scare children and, and wee small animals, they're now jumping. There was a thing in the paper the other day that they're flying in the windows, flying and jumping and Swinging. Ah, spiders are evolving. You see, they've had decades and decades of people getting rid of them, rinsing them down the sink and all, now they're going, not falling for that one again. Honestly, there it was in the ball, and next minute it jumped from the sink onto my arm, and then I beat it to death and squealed. So I'm only saying. That's I, was, I, I had some kind of sympathy for you, and then the casual, <laughs> I beat it to death. But listen, that's what you're Whoa, dealing with. The, These aren't ordinary things the spider, that we've got. The, the spider protection legal no, all the I don't care. I don't, listen, these are, someone in the, Pauline in the shop earlier says to me, and did you put it outside? Put it outside and grab the nearest thing I could and... I did. But they, these aren't the, the regular things. Listen, what do you say? Many, many turn up for the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> They're mobbed. They're not 
playing black babe for Bruce. Doing what they do. They yeah. always do. They always did. did and, they? and they've always been all over the place. But, know, it's not a new thing. I know. We've discussed this. But it's the flying and the jumping. They just have always done that. No, they didn't jump. Yes, they did. Well, anyway, there's jumping What do you ones. think? In Spider-Man movies, how do you think he gets from the Empire State Building to the Chrysler Building? I know, but that's... Swinging about and jumping and all. Yeah. Hey? Well, I think they've been watching You're too many Spider-Man movies. paying attention to the cartoons at all. So there's, spider- there's jumpy ones out there. Anyway, shush. Okay. Um, pain relief. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the Surrey and Sussex Healthcare Trust across the water, mm. they're stopping gas and air and epidurals for women who are in labour. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very necessary thing, a very painful process. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, you know, <laughs> do you know what they're doing? They're proposing that the women hold a comb in their hand because it will promote pain relief. Pardon? Yes. So, uh, I want all the women uh, to listen to this. So, um, men might listen as well, because there may be certain procedures where all you'll get to come to hold. (laughs) (laughs) It's a money-saving exercise, and they're trying to prevent, you know, anesthetics getting into people's Mm -hmm. bodies and all. So, Mm -hmm. you get a wee comb. It looks like a knit nurse comb, and you hold it in the palm of your hand, Mm -hmm. and you clench your fist. So, it hurts. The thinking is that the prongs of the, 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 the comb go into a part of your hand which is susceptible to acupuncture, right? And it results in you not feeling any pain. So you won't feel a bowling ball. All right, we don't want the graphics, right? Okay. (laughs) Trying to pass through your body. Uh, Yes. Because you've got a a nurse comb. Yes. um, No. And that's what they're saying. Uh, there There are acupressure points in the, the crease of your palm, when the comb is tightly gripped in the palm, this pressure distracts your brain and supports your body to release feel-good hormones. Okay, so I have one. I have I wasn't one. going to a dentist. I'm going to take them teeth out, hold that comb. <laughs> what? I'll put you through that window. <laughs> I just want you to picture this. So you're on the football field. You get a boot in the... You, you get a boot somewhere where it's really painful and yes. one of your playmates comes up to you and goes, here, big fella, I've been carrying this around. You need it more than me. And you comb. Picture that, yeah. So, and, oh, it looks like, oh, he's got a broken leg. Uh, stretcher man are coming on. <laughs> it's okay. One of them's got a comb. <laughs> <laughs> this is from the, 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 the health curve. Trust. Are there any real doctors listening? <laughs> so they've actually thought about oh, this. The, the published it. That's the leaflet. No. The picture of the comb and all that. <laughs> They've had meetings like Cobra around a boardroom yeah. to discuss which way it would Listen, work. Listen, there, there would have been 20 meetings to discuss the colours on the flyer. <laughs> Never mind the actual decision. We're not going to use anaesthetics anymore. I know what we'll do. You know, you know the thing is, it, it'll be some wee 20-year-old just out of school sitting with his iPod going, I've read up on acupressure. <laughs> and the theory is that if you grab a comb, you can't feel the, the pain of um, uh, labour. <laughs> And you can picture a couple of women round the board going round the table going What did you say? <laughs> you wanna give the women a comb to hold during labour, during childbirth? Oh holy So that, that's a thing. It's really, really a thing. It is a thing. Oh. So I would love for um, I know we get a lot of doctors and nurses and all listening. Please tell me it hasn't made its way over here because it's a, that's a short step to no matter what you go in for. Mm-hmm. Uh, just gonna cut your leg off here. How'd that comb? <laughs> See, you didn't feel a thing. It's over. <laughs> and you can comb your hair. <laughs> oh, 
Seriously. And as I say, certain men's operations hold mm. that comb, mister. Mm. Well, don't think so. No, mm. no. And the more you said, the more absurd I'm it seems. I'm squirming here. I know. It does, the more absurd it seems. But the I love dentist it. still be listening. Whoa! We spent a fortune on <laughs> anesthetic, getting it wrong. Just buy a load of combs. <laughs> the wee man will be down in Corn Market again. Yeah, there. <laughs> Five combs for a pound. <laughs> It'll be in your, what do you call those um, emergency packs that you have at home? Yeah, break open the first aid kit. Yes, the first aid kit. Uh, the fir- Women have great pain thresholds. Uh, Una still denies that she had him a slap. <laughs> Women have, we have great pain thresholds, but very limited patience. Dig. Right. Uh, very good. Like a, the like comb a is a big thing here too, says Katrina. I, Katrina, where are you? Where's, where's there? Um, and they cost £20, so it's not a normal comb. Yeah. Uh, somebody's been in touch here. Never mind the comb. Just give me a bottle of Fadga. Be all right. That's Gail. There are loads of... <laughs> Maybe they could offer people a choice. Yeah. You know, the bottle or the comb. That's brutal. Mm. Listen, we discussed before about how some people don't uh, keep abreast of language developments, you know, particularly in text speak. Mm-hmm. You know, for instance, LOL. Mm. Right? Yep. Do you know what it means? Laugh out loud. Laugh out loud. So we discussed the story before where um, uh, this woman had, had sent her friend um, a message and said, my father's just passed away. And she sent her back, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and her friend came back and says, you monster. <laughs> says, why does LOL not mean lots of love? <laughs> So here's one here, and it's um, <laughs> um, uh, it's a teenager, mm. and he sent a message to his mum. This is true, okay? Mum, I got an A plus in chemistry, and she says, <laughs> "WTF? <laughs> well done." <laughs> and he comes back with and says, "Mum, do you know what WTF means?" And she says, "Well, that's fantastic." <laughs> So, check out your acronyms. Make sure you're abreast of all the abbreviations and everything else. Class. Roy the boy says, is it a plastic or a metal comb? Roy, I don't care if it's made of gold-plated platinum. I'm not taking it. (laughs) What's it made of? What's it made of? Give a curve, you know, really. So, that's the latest in pain relief. Mm. All right, it's the, the... uh, they're trying to keep toxins out of people's bodies. The well, thing is, anesthetics and that. Tell us if someone, <laughs> the first person that gets written, written a prescription to go and get one, uh, yeah. get in touch and let us know. And the thing is, if you use the comb, can you just keep using it? <laughs> I mean, you know, really? Or is it like one dose per comb? Uh-huh. Thing is, then I mean, if it stops pain, people could be running around all day just with a uh-huh. comb in their hand. Uh-huh. Running through walls and all. I don't care. I can't, I've got a comb. <laughs> Go mad. <laughs> Picture boxers and all, you know, with a comb up their gloves. <laughs> can't feel pain. Mm-hmm. You know there are some people out there who don't feel pain. I know, and it's a very serious condition yes, because uh-huh. it's very dangerous. Because it, does, it doesn't alert them to things that are happening to their, their body that would need it. So if you break your arm or your leg and you don't know it's broken and you keep walking and running on it, you can oh, do it. Well, it's like you can have appendicitis and you mm-hmm. don't know and then you're, you're titty. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, he should have said he had a pain in his stomach. <laughs> he should have got one of those combs. <laughs> one of our... Uh, Katrina says, my daughter had one of those comb things. Pain, really? pain procedures, yes. And her baby was born in Antrim, mm-hmm. which was unfortunate because she was in Balamina at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, sorry about that. Right, June, I'm saying a comb, comba with Mm. a B. Mm. Right, so anyway, her baby was born in Antrim, she still had some pain relief. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, you don't push your baby out, you breathe your baby out. That's all you need. Someone going, I breathe baby out, (laughs) Ah! (laughs) breathe baby out. Anyway, I may go. There's, okay. there's people coming in here, so um, oh, there's loads of these. There, is are all a gag, by the way. Mm. Anyway, go ahead. All right. So that that is definitely it for me. I will be back on Sunday from seven o'clock until twelve. But the wonderful Malachi Reynolds will be on the show Friday jukebooks from seven oh, to twelve. Friday heard, and Saturday. I haven't heard Mal on in a long time. No, he's brilliant. So oh, is his class? So um, right, that is us. Listen, you're out and about today. Call in the accountant. Do they sell? Uh, I want to know if they sell those combs. A pain comb? A pain comb, pain relief comb. Mm. It stabs the crease in your uh, palm of your hand and releases endorphins. Oh, good Thank you. Bye bye. The Lunchtime Bistro's community of pet lovers rallied around regular listener Vance this week after he told Carlin that his dog Alfie had passed away. Our listeners' tributes and stories will hopefully have given Vance the comfort he and others who have lost their pets recently may need. Vance, Vance, I just opened your message there and I'm truly gutted for you. And I really mean that because I know over the last week or so you were telling me that your wee dog Alfie hadn't been well and I'm reading your text and it's I'm, I'm broke for you. Um, he says... Thank you for your kind thoughts about Alfie the last couple of days. It is with a totally broken heart that I have to tell you that my wee man died suddenly last night, lying by my side. I know that you know exactly how I'm feeling. Utterly devastated. Eleven years and we were never apart day or night. Vance, I've been there. Lots of our listeners have been there. It's not going to make it any easier for you, but it might make it easier for you to know that we understand how you're feeling. You know, I didn't realise that we Alfie was so poorly. Yesterday, we thought he was on the mend because he had perked up a wee bit. Um, no words to help you through it. It's an awful period. In fact, I'd say it's one of the most difficult things to deal with. The pain that you feel is excruciating. The loss is so deep. And that's because, well, our pets give us so much. They give us so much unconditional love. They're there wagging their tails, loving us 24-7. And when you think about it, our pets take us through so many difficult parts of our life journey. You know, they're there. So I know how you're feeling. And uh, I, I just want you to know that my thoughts are with you. And if I was there with you, I'd give you a big hug. And anybody else listening in the bistro who's been through that or is going through it, will know exactly how Vance is feeling today on the loss of wee Alfie. So hopefully I can keep you company and try and lift your spirits a wee bit today, Vance, and throughout the coming days. 
Eileen and Dime Patrick heard us talking about Vance and his wee dog Alfie, who passed away last night. She says, I'm sitting in tears. I know exactly what Vance is going through. I lost my beautiful boy Wallace, miniature schnauzer, last October, and he's left a massive hole in my heart. So I'm sending love and hugs to him and his family. Cosby Curzon checking in with us as well. Bernie's checking in. Bernie says we lost our 17-year-old dog called Rio just three weeks ago and we're totally devastated. Just got round to looking at his ashes at the weekend and it's heartbreaking for all the family. But I'm trying to focus on positive things. He had such an amazing wee life and even had his last yearly family holiday in Donegal in August. So that's what we cling to, Bernie, the, the great memories that we built um, along with our four-legged friends. Um, afternoon, Carol and Kevin and Bangor checking in. Happy hump day to you too. Um, other people that I missed earlier, thank you very much for all your messages. Um, I'm sure Vance is getting some comfort from them. Um, there'll always be happy memories, says Virginia. Um, and uh, other people coming in. Margaret and Finnegy, I say that's heartbreaking. No words. Um Breaking my heart, Goldie. We let our big boxer go four years ago. Um, the vet hadn't let us know, but took a print from his paw and put it inside the card and sent it to us. Wonderful, but heartbreaking at the same time. Time will help, but he will never be forgotten. Um, and I see Patty in Hollywood feeling the same there. Says, my heart goes out for this man. Um, I lost a cat that died um, in 2010. It was knocked down, broke my heart. And um, my best mate, who was like a brother to me, knew how I was feeling and went out of his way and brought me a kitten. That was nearly 14 years ago. And that cat means the world to me. I call him my son because that's what it feels like. So God bless that person um, and the weak um, dog, Alfie. Paddy from Hollywood, thank you very much for that. Um, Deborah Ryan says, I lost my wee Bichon, Rio. She was 13 years old and she was my wee baby because I don't have children of my own. Three years later, it still breaks my heart. I still miss her. Um, Deborah, um, lots of people feeling exactly the same thing. And somebody just jumped in there to say, I'm dreading that day. Big Tucker is part of me. I can't imagine that guy's hurt today, says Jeff, the postie. Dread that day. It's the worst thing about owning a dog. Losing them. And, like I said before, we've all been there. How strange. I was driving to Belfast and listening through watery eyes. Just past the car with Vance as the reg. That's weird, isn't it? Um, <clears throat> so, we do hear this story. Carolyn, please help. My mother-in-law's wee dog, Seamus, went for her on Sunday. Bit her arm. What was Seamus thinking? He is the most gorgeous, good-natured wee dog, but she says he has to go in case he goes for the kids. We are all absolutely devastated at the thought of him going. I can't stop crying. Do you know of any training or anything else that could be done so that she can keep him? Life just won't be the same without him. Unfortunately, my wife and I are not in a position to take him. I wish Vicky the vet was here because she would talk you through that and most probably talk you through the fact that it's never the dog's fault. So it's how we train them and there is training and I have no doubt that your wee dog, Seamus, can be trained to behave. 
And, you know, see, sometimes, I'm not saying your family do this, but sometimes people tease the dogs and then the dogs think this is a game. And then whenever you don't want to play, the dog thinks he's still, you're still playing. So get the training sorted. There's got, ask me on Monday whenever Vicky the Vet's here and we'll find out where you can go and get Seamus trained up so that you do not have to lose the dog because it can be trained. Yeah? Um, do you know what, Vance, I have to tell you that there's so many messages coming in for you and your loss of wee Alfie. You know, I mean, some people may not understand um, the grief and how lonely it can be whenever you lose a pet, but for sure, people in this bistro, people who listen every day, understand and feel it for you. And um, I'll read some of them out to you and I hope it's comforting um, to hear. Vance, I'm so sorry about your wee dog. It's a terrible loss. Um, Shirley and Carrick Fergus um, sending big hugs to Vance, says Carmel. All our regular listeners jumping in to um, send you some comfort. Big hugs to Vance. Alfie will always be with you. Happy memories. And um, I see here... Another one came in from Teresa, says, Carolyn, I'm sitting in the car listening to the show completely in tears, listening about wee Alfie. I didn't know wee Alfie, but um, we have lost two dogs in the past and it's completely heartbreaking. That is so true. I'm so happy that Vance was with Alfie at the end because I think that's important. Uh, I was with Ella at the very end and I was very grateful to have had that time with her. I wasn't so fortunate with Jackson. Um, as it was during COVID times, do you remember? Anyone who lost a pet and I had left Jackson off for an operation and I got the call from the vet to say that once it opened him up, they found the tumour and it had spread and it was untreatable. And the best thing for Jackson was to let him go. So over the phone, I consented to let him go. And it's a big regret not being there for him. A big regret. Even though I did ask the vet, can I come up? I was told it was better not to. And of course, whenever you're in grief, you allow these things to happen. So I said, okay, and never ever got to say goodbye to him. So the fact that you were with wee Alfie in his final final moments is something to hold on to. And of course, all the, the great memories. 11 years, Vance, it's a long time. It's a long time. Colin says, I've lost a few dogs and I made them all the same promise that I'd be there to hold them as they make their way over the bridge. It really is heartbreaking to do, but you are their world. It's like losing a family member. I have a Yorkie now and he's the best friend I have, says Colin. Um, Carolyn, I'm sending much sympathy to Vance who lost his pet. There's nothing one can say really, but my thoughts and prayers are with him. So a lot of people coming in and this is a lovely message. Carolyn, Alfie was there for part of Vance's life but Vance was there for all of Alfie's life. So thank you very much for all those messages because Vance is one of our bistro heads. He's a regular listener every day he's in and normally he's got Alfie sitting by his side so he's devastated at the loss as you can imagine. It's a massive weekend for the Ireland rugby team but could Scotland spoil their World Cup dreams? With the help of some Caledonian contributors, Frank made his case for the boys in green to make it out of the pool. 
somebody's somebody's asking me if Chris isn't around today. Uh, Chris was the gentleman who I in the studio. He's a colleague of mine. He's from Scotland. and He's got a very rich Scottish accent. I don't. He, he could be in Paris. You know, there's a possibility that's where he could be. We're going to avoid him for sure if things go wrong at the weekend. But no, I can't see any sign of Chris. If he does arrive, we'll get him in here for a Scottish perspective on the big weekend. So, what's on your mind going into this week? Uh, look, look who's just appeared. Look who's just appeared. <laughs> and I'm going to make sure that he does come this way. Uh, come this way, my man. Come this way because it's uh, uh, amazing. You know, you, you look out into an empty office, there is no one around. And then suddenly, out of the blue, a head pops up, and that head belongs to Chris. Chris, there are, there are people seriously worried here that Scotland might spoil spoil the party. Is there, is there the slightest possibility? There's so many permutations, it's all in favour of Ireland, doesn't it? Yeah, it's uh, there's a it's almost like inception, you know, trying to figure out, you know, the, the permutations and how Scotland can can get through. Uh, I mean, uh, to, to use another sporting term, they're pretty much needing snookers <laughs> to, to manage it. You know, I think beating Ireland will be uh, a bit of a hefty task. Uh, I've not I've not watched much of the the World Cup myself so far. I caught uh, bits of the the Mania game last weekend where they, they absolutely dominated don't see it being quite as easy this time against Ireland but uh, but yeah I mean I, I came in here a few weeks ago and spoke about the it's the, the, the hope that kills you you know in the Scotland-England football game so from a rugby perspective it's probably going to be much of the same <laughs> But you are, you are fifth in the world you know and I know you're a football man as opposed to a rugby man but you know you will give me stick and you know there are other if you don't mind me saying jocks who listen to this programme oh, who jocks. give us jocks. stick as well <laughs> Well I'm talking about a man who was called jock and there are two of them who listen to this programme and they give me Dogs abuse whenever you know things go things go the wrong way. Um, I just have this horrible feeling that you know there could be the odd Scotsman who'd be you know I don't know dancing in his kilt over the next uh, forty-eight yeah, I mean, hours. It will certainly uh, the the term that we would use back home would be gallus. There will be a feeling of gallusness uh, if Scotland were to get through the group. I mean, it's it's one of the toughest groups. I think that uh, that both Scotland and Ireland could have been put in, especially with the, the Springboks in there. But they, they've not had the best of tournaments. Uh, going by the, the results so far, so so yeah, it's, it's pretty much a, a winner take all uh, kind of thing. Uh, I'll be interested to see you know who who does progress and, and how well they do over and above getting out of the pool. So so it's an exciting weekend for it. It is an exciting in Ireland's favour. It's, it's just a horrible thought, you know. And we just presume that things couldn't go wrong, but there is still that, as you say, that snookering could lead to. A difficulty. Um, however, you may be the world's number five. We are the world's number one. So just you keep that in mind. Uh, well, you know, you keep uh, that in mind, big lot. Well, well, we'll see how we go on Monday. We'll see how we go on Monday. <laughs> it's, that cheeky, <laughs> it's that cheeky look. That cheeky look. Uh, Chris, thank you. Just on the rugby, it's actually easier to describe it from Scotland's perspective as opposed to what Ireland need to do. Ireland just Ireland win. Even if Ireland get a narrow defeat, however, I don't want to complicate it. This is how Scotland described the STV's sports reporter, Jamie. This is how he describes how Scotland could get through. Uh, just listen carefully to him here. Victory over Ireland by eight points or more will be enough. If Scotland managed to score four tries in the match, then the margin of the event that Scotland win by 21 points or more. But then Scotland and Ireland would progress to the quarter-finals at the expense 
of the Springboks. So it would help for us to win, wouldn't it? But we can have a narrow defeat. Listen again. Victory over Ireland by eight points or more will be enough. If Scotland managed to score four tries in the match, then the margin of victory only needs to be by five. And in the unlikely event that Scotland win by 21 points or more, well then Scotland and Ireland would progress to the quarter-finals at the expense of the Springboks. So if you're going to lose, you've got to lose big. Is that what he's saying? It is a really complicated system, isn't it? But uh, go out there and win, lads. Victory over Ireland by eight points or more will be enough. If Scotland managed to score four tries in the match, then the margin of victory only needs to be by five. And in the unlikely event that Scotland win by 21 points or more, well then Scotland and Ireland would progress to the quarter-finals at the expense of the Springboks. This is the worry that the South Africans have and there's someone here suggesting it would be good for Ireland to do it. Uh, Robbie coming up with the idea. I I think it would be the worst approach of all but um, this is uh, what Robbie thinks. Uh, Robbie says, Frank, Ireland should put out a second string team and let Scotland win by the 21 plus points because the Springboks, the South Africans, will come back to haunt Ireland later in the competition. See, this is one of the permutations. If Scotland, I tell you what, let's get the Scotsman again. This is uh, Jamie from STV explaining how Scotland could get through. And there is one permutation where they could go through with Ireland. There's only one where they could go through with Ireland. Victory over Ireland by eight points or more will be enough. If Scotland managed to score four tries in the match, then the margin of victory only needs to be by five. And in the unlikely event that Scotland win by 21 points or more, well then Scotland and Ireland would progress to the quarter-finals at the expense of the Springboks. You see, it's that final one there, the unlikely event. Listen again. Victory over Ireland by eight points or more will be enough. If Scotland managed to score four tries in the match, then the margin of victory only needs to be by five. And in the unlikely event that Scotland win by 21 points or more, well then Scotland and Ireland would progress to the quarter-finals at the expense of the Springboks. You see, Robbie thinking that if Ireland did that, allowed Scotland to win by the 21-plus points or whatever, that you would be in a position then where the South Africans would be out of it. And that would mean we wouldn't be bitten by the South Africans at the tail end of the competition. But that just dilutes everything to do with sport, doesn't it? You'd have no respect whatsoever for Ireland if they did that. And on a world at a world level, respect would just sap would, would just be uh, would disappear would sap away so I I, I, I you know it's not going to happen it's not going to happen but the South Africans of course have suggested themselves that it might not a chance after a month of listening to Bono and his band's multitude of hits it was finally time to crown our U105 concert of a lifetime winner MJ and Denise were on hand to draw the winning name on breakfast and send a pair of super fans off to Las Vegas but who won the tickets? Listen now to find out. You too in Las Vegas, a concert of a lifetime. Sponsored by Stormont Dental Care. The whole way through September, we were playing songs by you too. Every time you heard one, you had the opportunity to get on the phone, give us a ring, and be caller 10. If you were caller 10, of all those songs that we played, you would go into the big finale draw, which is here which is right nice. now. 
an amazing concert of a lifetime to see U2. Don't know if you saw any of the clips on social media over the weekend because the first of the U2 Sphere concerts happened and by all accounts it was amazing. Five star reviews. Spectacular, unbelievable venue that it is. The band put on a great performance and it could be you if you're in this draw. So it all boils down to this. People are on tenterhooks. I've got a bucket on my lap. You have a bucket not to be sick in, but they actually do draw. <laughs> you handed it to me to do. That's so unfair. So the way it works, same as we did last time with the concert of a lifetime, our uh, promotions and competitions head honcho Karen is sitting watching through the window. She is, yeah. Uh, we have 137 people in the big final finale draw. Yes, that's right. And Karen has been very diligent and got them all on a big massive spreadsheet. Big spreadsheet, exactly. With a number beside each and every one. Uh-huh. Then and you have the bucket, not to be second, but inside the bucket in the, other, in the other studio, yeah. you have 137 pod tickets. I do, I With do. the corresponding numbers on them. I do. I'm really shuffled. I'm shuffling, so shuffling, shuffling. It's up to you to shuffle oh, them round. And then you're going to pick one of those numbers. Okay. I'm doing a wee verse in my head. Any, meeny, miny. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I've got, I've got a number. I've got okay, a number. Okay, you've got a number? Yes. Tell me what the number is. That number is 26. 26. Okay, let me have a look and see on the spreadsheet. I know who the winner is. And if you're in the draw and your phone rings in the next three or four minutes, pick it up. Pick it up. Four nights in a four-star fantastic hotel in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Concert tickets to see you two in the sphere. Flights, your transfers, your your travel insurance. It is indeed a concert of a lifetime. And you know who's going? Who's going? Martin Murphy's going. Martin Murphy! Martin good Murphy, morning. good morning! Good morning, happy day! Happy day, <laughs> indeed. Martin Murphy, congratulations. You are going to a concert of a lifetime in Las Vegas. Can you believe it? I can't believe it at all, though. I'm actually shaking. <laughs> I'm shaking too, man. I know we're shaking for you. So, have you ever been to Las Vegas? Hello? Never been, no. No, ne- never, never been to Las Vegas. Well, it's... It's a, it's a pretty amazing place, I have to say. It's a, it's a, you, you'll not forget it once you've been, I tell no, you. That's and are you a big U2 fan? Yeah, we do. Yes, I know someone else who's a big U2 fan as well. Who's so that? They'll be happy. That's Kira. Kira, are you taking Kira with you? Take Kira, yep. That's fantastic. So Martin and Kira are off to Las Vegas for a concert of a lifetime to see you two. You, ha- you take yourself a Happy wee five day. minutes to calm down. Now get yourself a wee cup of tea. Well done, Martin. Well, Enjoy. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. You're off to Vegas. Bright light city gonna set my soul Gonna set my soul on fire Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn So get those stakes up higher There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there They're all living the devil may care And I am just a devil with love to spare So Viva Las Vegas Viva Las Vegas Thanks for listening to this week's U105 of the Best for more of Northern Ireland's best mix, tune in on FM, on DAB, on U105.com, on the U105 app, and on your smart speaker. Just ask it to play U105.